Welcome to Ghost of a Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Lignato. I'm an astrologer, psychic medium, and animal communicator, and I'm going to give you your weekly horoscope and no bullshit mystical advice for living your very best life. Hello, and welcome back to Ghost of a Podcast. Today, I have a question from Heidi B. She says, how do I know when pushing myself to be more giving and especially forgiving is good and when it's detrimental because I'm expecting too much of myself? I'm trying to live by values of kindness, emotional generosity, and practicing forgiveness. And sometimes the most generous road feels like too much. I give a lot, but you can always give more, help more, be more accepting, more forgiving. How do I know when I'm simply experiencing growing pains from my efforts to let something go or be a better person and when I'm compromising myself by trying to give too much or accept or forgive things that I simply can't? Um, And Heidi asks that I don't share her birth information, so I shall not. Let me start off with, this is a very good question. It's a good question because listen, you know, I like to tell you, try, be kind, all this kind of good stuff, but it is the human condition to be a jerk. Now, I don't mean that we should rest on our jerky laurels, but it is not the human condition to be a saint. The truth of the matter is we all struggle with shitty thoughts and feelings. We do. It's just part of being a person. And what we do with those shitty thoughts and feelings is really important moment by moment, day by day. But it's also really important in the face of the big stuff. It's also really important overall, because here's a spoiler alert. You are going to mess up. You're going to be crappy to yourself and to others. You are going to have people in your life that you cannot forgive. You're going to be someone's bad guy. You just will. Maybe lots of people's bad guy. Maybe there's lots of people you can't forgive. I don't know. And I can't tell you that that's wrong. <laughs> I can't tell you that that's bad. What what I think is really important is, first of all, that accepting that we're trying to be good does not mean that we're not allowed to falter or fail or pause. Growth processes sometimes have these like major shifts where we can see a change in our growth. And sometimes it looks like inactivity. Sometimes it is inactivity. You know, if you've ever gardened, in order for you to have good yield from a plant next year, you got to cut it back this year. So there are periods where we have to cut things back, where we have to be willing to let go or to mess up and to sit in the yuck of that. You know, the first thing that I saw, and and I should say that Heidi did not give me all of her birth information. She gave me her state of birth, but not her city. So I can't see the full birth chart, but I can see her natal aspects, which I'll share with you guys without sharing the birth information. The first thing that I noticed is that this person has something called Mars conjunction to Pluto. When we have these two planets conjunct in the birth chart, it gives a really intense and loaded relationship to anger. Oftentimes when people have this in their birth chart, they experienced either towards themselves or they were like kind of a witness to or lived near to or around violence. And violence is sometimes something very physical that can be conditions of war or, you know, conflict on the streets where you live, or it can be emotional violence. It can be 
you know, real cruelty. What this aspect in the birth chart says is that you learned that if you were to indulge your own anger and your own rageful impulses, that it could become out of control for you and that you would lose track of your morality or yourself. And so a lot of times people who have this aspect in their birth chart will vacillate between either not being a person who can experience or express anger at all. Generally speaking, what I have experienced when people, you know, get readings from me, when they have this aspect, they find a spiritual value system that really encourages them to not experience or express anger. And it can be a little bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy because of your own fear of experiencing and expressing anger. So it can be that, or people with this aspect can be quite rageful and violent themselves, right? This is not about being good or about being generous with others. It is about forgiveness, however, and it is about starting with allowing yourself to have feelings, messy, complicated feelings. This is really important. It is a healthy, normal experience, in my view, to have anger and to have rage. I think that those are human emotions. Now, acting from that place, not so healthy, but experiencing those feelings, that is motivating. That is strengthening. You know, when you have been wronged or you are looking at grave injustice, it is an appropriate response. You know, we have those impulses for a good reason. When we act from those impulses, Now, I'm not talking about extreme situations where it's like life or death in those situations, just completely a different topic. When we're talking about my ex was really crappy to me and I feel really badly about it and I can't forgive them and I can't let it go. And we're talking about that, your anger, your resentment, your rage doesn't actually hurt your ex. It only hurts you. And that doesn't mean you can let it go. (laughs) But it does mean you're allowed to have your anger, you're allowed to have your resentment, and it is a great idea to work towards moving past it. And so that looks like not rushing to forgive your ex before you're ready, before you actually can. Instead, what it looks like is forgiving yourself for not yet being able to and accepting that you are in a messy, painful place and that maybe you don't even want to move beyond it. Like you theoretically, idealistically want to move beyond it, but that you don't actually want to move beyond it because inevitably you will feel that way at times, A, because you're a person, B, because that Mars-Pluto conjunction has a really messy laden relationship to anger. Now, a healthy outlet for this aspect or for anyone who really has the experience of anger or resentment and doesn't know how to experience it and let it go I actually think is through your body, if that's an option. If you if you have a body that will allow you to exercise, I would say, yeah, that's a great way to go. And when I look at this aspect, it's not like I'm encouraging you to go to like a really slow, still yoga class. I'm instead encouraging you to like try Krav Maga, try, try American boxing, try something that teaches discipline, but also focused expression of anger and power. Because when we do feel powerless in our lives, when we don't let ourselves experience our emotions, it just makes everything worse. Finding healthy and appropriate ways to do that is really important. Now, if mobility is an issue for you and you know, you're know you not going to go to a Krav Maga class, there are absolutely other ways um, that you can adjust whatever works for your physical body. That even can be through something like singing. It depends on what works for your body, but there are always ways of using your system as a resource for experiencing your feelings safely so that you can kind of release them, right? 
Heidi also has a Jupiter-Neptune-Mercury conjunction. And it's very close to the sun and moon. And this is in two different signs, Sagittarius and Capricorn. What I think is very important for me to say about this big conjunction of planets, we've got five planets sitting really close to each other in two different signs, is when you get stuck on an emotion, it is really hard for you to shift gears and change your mind. And because of Neptune, the moon, and Jupiter, the real thrust here is your identity isn't being kind. You want to be forgiving. You want to be nice. It is not actually possible, in my view, and listen, like I always say, there are other ways of looking at things than my view. So, you know, take this as it works for you. But it's not really possible, in my view, to be authentically kind if you don't have clear boundaries. Because if you are being kind and someone that you love says to you, hey, can you listen to me? I've had a bad day. And you yourself have had a bad day and you cannot listen. Like you're just not in a state where you can listen. It's actually not kind to say, yes, of course, I'll sit and listen. That's not kind. What's kind is to say, honestly, I'm having a really hard day and I can't properly listen, but if you want me to be there, I, w I can. Or I wish I could, but I can't. Being honest, you know, letting people know where you're at so they can make decisions about where they're at. That is a kindness. Having boundaries is a kindness. And what's tricky for you with, with this big stellium, but also with the Pluto-Mars conjunction, is that there's a way that you feel, and I don't think you're alone in this, and there's a way that you feel that you have to say yes and you have to be okay and positive in order to be good. And, you know, good schmud slash no, you don't. When you can present the truth of where you're at, when you can actually show up whole, when you can give others the information they need so that they can decide whether or not they feel safe or good or happy in a situation, that is the kindness, not giving people what they need and not having complicated feelings. That's not the kindness. What What is really important about your question here is that it's hard for you to determine what is too much and what is not enough. And in some ways, almost every question I've ever gotten for the podcast is about that. How do I know when I've tried hard enough? When do I know to walk away? You know, that kind of a question is just part of the human condition and there isn't a singular answer. The true answer is when you can tolerate taking a deep breath, being present with your feelings, staying with your feelings without judgment, without trying to figure it out, but experiencing your actual feelings Staying with your feelings longer. Yeah, I know it's boring. I know, I know it's boring. But when you can do that, this like slow presence, then you can determine, okay, this is what I'm feeling right now. And from that place, you can realign yourself or remind yourself of what your goal is in the situation, what your values are. And if your value is to be, let's say in my little metaphor, like your value is to be like a close, good, loving, supportive friend. And somebody says to you, can you listen to me? I need to talk about a thing. And you know, you can't actually listen that you would be phoning it in. Let's say your value is to be honest and authentic, but also a great friend. Then you can give them the choice. You can say, I'm not super present, but I would, you know, I can listen. That's fair, right? You don't have to have everything packaged. You don't have to know the answer. But to be able to identify what is the situation, how am I feeling, that works. And when it comes to accepting or forgiving things, someone's never heal. Some things we can't forgive. And that's okay. It is fantastic 
to forgive. And I say it's fantastic to, for, to forgive because I really believe it is what will bring us peace. But we all have things that we can't forgive, right? And those things can happen in our personal lives. They can happen when we look at the world systemically. And that's not bad. And it's not wrong. It's life. And so when you can't forgive, when you can't accept, can you accept that? Can you forgive yourself for that? Because if you can, okay, tiny bits of progress. Heidi asked me not to share her birth information, but she is in her 30s, not yet an old person. There is a lot of time to do this work. There's a lot of time to do this work. This feeling that we tend to have, especially in our 20s and 30s of we're running out of time. And if we don't figure it out, then it's done is just a feeling. It's not true. Life keeps on going and you get to keep on doing the work. It's okay if you're not good at this right now, make space for being able to be good at it later. Just make space for whatever it is you're going through now. If you're showing others kindness and others forgiveness, but you're not showing yourself kindness and you're not showing yourself forgiveness, that is a flimsy foundation you're working from and it will eventually catch up to you. So make sure you're treating yourself with the same kindness, grace, and generosity that you are trying to treat others with. Otherwise, it will not work long-term. Martyrs are for stories. Be a balanced human. That's my hope for you. Welcome back to the Astrology Corner of Ghost of a Podcast. This week has a lot going on. We are looking at the week of January 27th through February 2nd. We are in Aquarius season. The the January eclipses, they were a lot. They kicked up a lot of feelings. I think that we are also seeing things really rapidly and intensely progress throughout the world as powerful men are doing some scary ass things. And I think that we are in a state really where it's heightened alert. And I think that's happening on a really personal level. People are experiencing more sensitivity, more anxiety, and the many things that come from sensitivity and anxiety. So being sensitive to the world around you, feeling anxious about the world around you. Some people get really shut down and disassociative. Some people get angry. Some people get deflated or demoralized. You know, there's so many ways that this can play out. My sense is that this is just 2019 is going to be kind of an intense year for most people. It's really important that you prioritize cultivating the skills for coping. Prioritizing the skills isn't really about labor. You know, I love to talk about doing the work. Part of the work is knowing when you need to unplug. Part of the work is saying, today I can't work. Today I feel afraid. Part of the work is asking for help when you need it. And when someone tries to help you, receiving that help. No matter how smart you are, no matter how good you are at seeing patterns, no matter how psychic you are, you don't know what's going to happen next. You don't know what anyone else is thinking. You don't know what they're feeling. It's really important when you're in a state of anxiety or nervousness or fear about the world, whether it's the world at large or your personal world, that you don't allow yourself to succumb to a lot of assumptions and a lot of projections. Because it doesn't help you and it doesn't help the world around you. Again, I do think that the eclipses really kick some stuff up, especially that one full moon in Leo. Because it was an eclipse and not just a full moon, the emotions and thoughts that came up around that time are likely to really take a few months to unpack and like reveal themselves completely. So be patient, be kind, stay with it. And now to your horoscope. 
On the 29th, we have a sun conjunction to Mercury in Aquarius. And this is actually a really fun transit. If you have to figure things out, if you want to put yourself out there and socialize, this transit is excellent for connecting with people. It's not excellent for deep emotional connection. It's more about, you know, getting to know people, asking questions, listening. This is an excellent time for figuring things out. The only downside of this transit is that when Mercury sits so close to the sun, so the sun is the identity and Mercury is your thoughts and your attitudes. And when Mercury sits so close to the sun, your opinions feel core to what you are. And so it's hard to be objective. Everything feels personal. Don't feed the trolls. Don't be a troll. Uh, Don't get engaged with people who are just committed to disagreeing with you. That's not necessary. People don't need to agree with you in order for them to be right. And they don't need to agree with you in order for them to be your ally or your friend or not your enemy. And that's going to be an important thing to hold on to around this date. Now, on the 31st, we have a Saturn sextile to Neptune. And, you know, Saturn Capricorn, it's doing its heavy thing. Neptune in Pisces is so interesting to me because as the planet Neptune transits through the sign of Pisces, what we have is the potential for us all to become more connected in our humanity, to be spiritually empathetic to others, to champion the underdog, to support others that really need help. Neptune in Pisces is making us spiritually more connected, all of us, all of us in town, but also globally. Here we have podcasting is becoming a much bigger thing through this transit of Neptune in Pisces. Now, the downside is it's a very disassociative set of energies. So high spirituality, the kind of downside of it is it can be like off in your head and chasing butterflies while our house is burning down behind us, right? It can have us really focused on something that feels really pleasant or feels really important, but it's kind of like a checking out. So when we come back to this transit that is exact on the 31st, of Saturn sextiling Neptune, what we have is the potential on a personal level to make a material priority of our spiritual convictions. In other words, to strengthen our spiritual practice by kicking off ritual or recommitting to some sort of ritualistic form of self-care. It might mean joining some kind of congregation or some sort of group online or in person that supports and engages you to be spiritually present to continue to grow. This can be a really powerful time for deepening your artistic and creative pursuits by studying, doing the work repetitively. That's what Saturn likes. Saturn likes repetition and effort on the material plane. On a more political level, this can indicate a structural or governmental expression of empathy or a call for structures that serve the greater whole. The thing is that this transit does not exist in isolation on its own. I don't know what it will do within the world. But this is something that, you know, if if you are active politically and socially, if you are working within an organization, uh, an institution, a company, and you're trying to create structures or rules that actually are better for the people that it's serving, this transit's really supportive to that. You definitely want to this week, if you can, leverage that energy by simply trying. The thing about sextiles that I've said before on the podcast, sextiles are a 60 degree angle. And what they do is they kind of create dynamic support. They don't create a kick in the ass. Kick in the ass is is a square. 
what you need to do is leverage the energy by using the energy. It is equally valid and wise to around the state, change the way you talk to yourself. Make a commitment that around the state, you are going to start a new routine of changing the tone of voice within which you speak to yourself or the language that you use when talking about yourself on whatever level. Changing your inner talk is really instrumental to changing how you feel and how you engage with the world. So how you feel in your own skin and how you engage with the world as a result of that. On February 1st, we have a square between Mars and Pluto. So Mars is in Aries and Pluto is in Capricorn. And this energy is intense. It is really uh, difficult to bear because Mars is anger and Pluto is resentment. This transit can really bring up conflicts and conflicts of ego, conflicts between people based on the energy with which they do things or based on the content of what they're doing or not doing. This transit can be really upsetting, unfortunately, because it brings up compulsive, aggressive, entitled feelings, either in you or somebody else or somebody's else. So the difficulty here is that this energy itself is quite violent. Um, that doesn't mean violence will befall you, but it does mean that there is a great deal of intensity in the world and that intensity is going to be expressed viscerally. And so, you know, what you can do to best advance your own life and to, you know, be healthy, happy, and well, is to make sure that the way that you engage with your own ego is mindful and that you don't feed and act on your strongest impulses without really checking in with, are they your wisest? Are they useful impulses? And it is going to be really tempting to want to fly off the handle at someone or react really vehemently towards them. And I would urge you to really have caution because with Pluto, whatever you throw out there comes back at you like a boomerang. Finally, on the second, we have a Venus trine to Uranus. I love this transit. So let's say that Mars conjunction to Pluto, which we will still be feeling on the second, right? If that really you know, does a number on you, then this Venus trying to Uranus will simply make you feel a little bit more resourced for having ways of coping with it. You might just be like, oh, I know which friend to reach out to to talk to about this. Or you might just have some random interaction with somebody at a bus stop or online that actually like soothes you and gives you a new perspective. If you had amazing explosive, like I, I moved through some deep shit, like I, I like figured something out in myself. If you have that kind of catharsis, Venus trying to Uranus is going to, again, do something similar. It's going to allow you to figure out how to apply it in your life. It's quite lovely. It's a great transit. It's a good time to put yourself out there, but because of that Mars-Pluto conjunction, I would say watch your substance use around this date. Um, a Mars-Pluto conjunction is not a great time to get loaded. It's not a great time to put yourself in situations that you don't feel safe in. And so you want to really make sure that if you're putting yourself out there around other people, that you're not doing it at the expense of your own wellness. And the good news is Venus trying to Uranus is supportive for you actually thinking that way and making choices that are deferring to that line of thought. Venus trying Uranus is a fun day to go shopping. <laughs> I really like it. It's also a fun day to get your hair done or to like mess with a different kind of aesthetic. That's fun. I mean, honestly, 
honestly, that Mars-Pluto conjunction is more likely to be what you really notice around this date. But hey, maybe maybe you won't. Maybe it won't be that big a deal for you, in which case, yeah, you could go shopping. That wouldn't be the worst thing that happened to you. So my friends, I really, as always, hope this horoscope is helpful to you. I hope you are able to leverage and make use of this information and plan for your week ahead. Never get scared of these horoscopes. You don't need to fear these predictions. Either they'll happen and it's good to be prepared or they won't happen. And it was just a a podcast gone awry. Astrology is a tool and a resource. Use it in ways that actually support you in living your best life. Capiche? Now, if you haven't already downloaded my app for iOS, I am not sure why you're sleeping on this. If you have an iPhone or an iOS device, please download Tiny Spark. It is free for now. It is so cute. And I I don't mean to toot my own horn, but I got to say, it is so fucking fabulous. It's kind of like a magic eight ball. If you like this podcast and you want to support it, you can go to my Patreon link in the liner notes there uh, and support the podcast, support my work please do give me a review. Sometimes I tear up. I'm not going to lie. I'm not ashamed. Sometimes I tear up because they're so damn sweet. Uh, And I read them and I love them. Yeah. Thank you for doing that. You can star the podcast. You can subscribe. You can share it with your friends. You can share it with your enemies as a passive aggressive way to get them to be healthier, better people. Love you. Bye. Every year they say the end is near, but we're still here. Yeah, we're still here.